They say this is a big rich town. I just come from the far rich part. Hey, Jay, that was why earlier for <laughs> to ask you if you watch Power, man. They say this is a big rich town. I just come from the poorest part. I mean, hey. We back, man. We let's not get sidetracked. We back with another episode. Last week I said it was the, the it was said it was the tenth episode of Hidden Takes, but well, I was wrong because that was the ninth. <laughs> but, but this is the tenth, man. We back with the tenth episode of the Hidden Takes. The times keep on rolling, man. We we more than halfway through the season now. We got the All Star picks coming out tonight. But I'm with my back with my host Jay, and it, it just 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 before we start, as usual, viewer discretion is advised because if you can't handle a heat, stir out the kitchen. <laughs> Man. And this is a podcast only episode. Unfortunately, we having some malfunctions on my end with the camera. But Jay, how you doing, brother? You back? I'm, I'm doing good, brother. I'm definitely happy to be here. Unfortunately, Zoom's trying to hate on us, Jay, but it's all good. You know how we do over here. We we're gonna we're gonna uh, go push through. We're gonna figure out a way around it. So, like how you said, Jay, this is pod special episode. But I mean, the fans are gonna love it anyway, man. So here it is. Here we are. Like how Jay said, we back, baby. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. And l- let's get right into to some some other stories and other topics we got going, man. Um, and and one of them is is close to close to you, Jay. And I think this is a big deal. Um, and it w- it happened yesterday, and that's the signing of Stanley Johnson uh, after three ten day contracts. Um, the Lakers signed him to a two year deal, man. I think that's a big a big signing just for the fact that. You know, obviously he was a top 10 pick, you know, was labeled as a bust. His his thing was never defensively. You know, he was always a defensive guy, but it was his offense. It never really came along. Um, but to see him land with the Lakers, I think it's a big kind of signing for them. That's something they struggled with perimeter defense, just defense in general. Um, the Lakers have been awful this season uh, on the defensive end. And part of that's been, you know, AD was supposed to be their anchor down low. Um, but but I think um, Stanley Johnson definitely adds the versatile defender to lock down kind of the perimeter guys. So, Jay, how are you feeling about this signing, um, bringing him on a two year deal? What do you think man. about that? What are your thoughts? Man, I mean, I mean, as a Lakers fan, I, I, I feel great. I feel excited. I think that was a great signing. I think they should have signed him off for the first 10 day. I think after that mm-hmm. first 10 day, he had already proven himself. And and especially with the way this uh, the, the, uh, COVID's going and how players are missing. I thought I thought they should have signed him off for the first 10 day. So I think they're two 10 days late on that signing. <laughs> but but I definitely uh, I'm, de- I'm definitely excited. You know, as a Lakers fan, I think that he's going to definitely bring the defense. And like you said, Jay, he's never he, his defense is has never been in question that's not what uh, people have questioned about him it's it's his offensive ability um but now that uh, you know if you watch Danny Johnson you, know, you get to watch a lot of Lakers games you see that his defense is now creating easy offense whether it be a breakaway a breakaway dunk whether it be the, whether it be these lobs or whether it, whether it be however you know a lot of people say that you know uh, de- you play good defense is going to create offense defense is it helps you get easy buckets man and that's exactly where all all the bulk of his points are coming from you know we're not looking at him we don't need him to be a high volume scorer we don't need him to be putting 15 uh, you know or anything like that but he has been able to do that and he's been able to do that because what he's of the work he's doing on the defensive end and he's you know being able to find get some easy buckets get people involved and most of all man he's been not kn- knocking down shots you know when you play you play with a great uh a great player like lebron with a great iq like that man all you need to do all you need to do is just 
you know, be ready for the ball and knock it down when it comes, man. So he's doing just that. And um, if THC is listening, he should watch out. <laughs> Stanley's yeah. coming. Stanley's yeah, no. coming, baby. <laughs> for real, I, I think, yeah, no, you just spoke on it, all of it, man. I think all those, all those uh, guys who've been getting opportunities, man, Stanley's coming, man. He's coming for a lot of minutes. So uh, if, if Vogel does the right thing and gives those guys opportunities, right? Uh, you never know with him. It's a question mark. So let's keep it pushing here, Jay. Some other news out of Portland. Um, Blazers last year, Little is out indefinitely with a left shoulder uh, label tear. Another big loss. I feel like it's been one of those years for the Portland Trailblazers, obviously with their guy, their captain going out and Damian Lillard, and then a bunch of injuries to CJ McCollum, um, other guys going down. We saw that um, Cody Zeller's out for the season or specifically like six to eight weeks, which is probably most likely going to be his season. So I think this is a big loss though, just for the fact that Nazir Little was getting minutes recently, kind of coming into his own, um, getting looks that he hadn't been getting, especially with guys like Norman Powell being out, man. But what do, what do you think that this, this says for the already kind of struggling Blazers? They have won a few games. They've been kind of better basketball as of late. Uh, um, they saw them lose last night, kind of big. But but Jay, what do what do you what do you think this this does for the Blazers, if anything, move the needle to them potentially tanking? Because we saw about Dame that he was thinking about considering coming back if uh, if if they were in a position to be potentially be in the playoffs play-in situation. You think this does anything to move the needle with a guy like Nazir Little being out for the rest of the season potentially? I mean, you know, if you if you can get if you can get Dame and CJ out there, you you, you do you do what you got to do, and in, in in hopes to be able to you know even have a chance to be in that playing situation, maybe win some games, and maybe land your, land yourself in that in that playoff situation. But I mean, it, it's it's not looking very good, Jay. It's not looking very mm-hmm. good. The uh, the uh, the Spurs have been ha, have been really you know starting to uh, starting to ramp up a little bit. I think the Pelicans uh, Pelicans even to be real with you, healthy have a have a better roster right now than than the Blazers in my opinion and they and they could get there so like if, if Damon Lillard wants to come back you know you you let Damon CJ rock out you let him you, you let him do the thing because in my opinion this Damon CJ duo needs to end at the end of this season you ship one I mean nothing this season at the end of this this come February 10th comes this trade deadline mm-hmm. I really hope CJ goes to the Philadelphia 76ers but um yeah. but I don't think that'll happen but anyway uh uh I, I if you can get Damon CJ back you know those are two stars you have a chance if you, if you got your two guys you at least have a fighting chance so I don't think that Najee Little you know insanely uh moves the needle but I, but what I think that does is it, that, that's devastating for their future because I do think Najee Little has a lot of potential I think that uh he's a young guy uh, he's already proven uh I, he's already proven enough and, and to prove that, oh, hey, I have potential. I'm able to do this. And and now this happens. You know, that's a big blow to the team. Uh, it's another, again, like you said, Jay, another uh, roster spot that they're going to have to find a way to film. And I think that that's that, that's just super detrimental to their death. I think it's super detrimental to Nazir Little and his development, man. So definitely a, a, a tough loss, both for Nazir and the Blazers. But uh, but just real quick, Jay. Hey, you know, you, you know that 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 tweet you sent out uh, in that group chat in that group text, Jay, with me, you, and Junior, uh, twenty nineteen, Jay. I, I mean, we doing a pod edition only, so I can't even put it on here, man. But twenty nineteen, Jay, I had tweeted out in that draft. I said Nazir Little, 
Jalen Hands, and Jordan Poole. Big sleepers in this draft. Yeah. I, I at least got two right, Jay. <laughs> I at least got two right. So I had you got a, two right. I had definitely give, got two right. <laughs> I definitely was wrong about Jalen Hands, but I gotta yeah. give a uh, gotta give a. I wanted to give a quick shout out to that because I thought that was uh, you know that was funny that connected with um with this uh, conversation of Nazir because uh, man I definitely like Nazir a lot. Um, so definitely uh, uh, bad to see this for his development and the Blazers, man. But if you're if you're the Blazers, I think I think tanking should have been in the in 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 minds already. You know, envision um, get CJ out of there. I don't think CJ and Dame is working. So uh, so yeah, that's how, that's how I feel about it, Jay. But how do you how, how do you, you know how do you feel about Nazir? You think that do you think it moves the needle too much, or or, or how do you feel about that, Jay? No, I don't, I don't think it moves the needle in terms of what the Blazers we're going to do or not do in terms of making the playoffs and things like that, where it does will affect them is like you said, the future and building, getting those guys to run and much needed experience. Um, this, this, yeah. I mean, you know, Nazir little was, was averaging career highs um, and points um, with 9.8 points per game on 46% uh, from the field, 33% from the field and 73% from the uh, free throw line um, with six boards a game and, and, almost one block a game and on 25 minutes. So he was playing good basketball, efficient basketball, especially from the three-point line, seeing those uh, numbers increase, especially in a third-year or second-year guy. I think that's huge for them. Um, and, and that's the, the main thing that's going to be hurting them because they, they saw, you know, Anthony Simons coming into his own, playing great basketball. And then you saw um, Nazir Little as well. And if, if I'm Portland, I was looking at Anthony Simons and saying, you might have struck gold there um, and potentially look to, to, to move out Dame. I don't know. But the way he's playing, you see those kind of flashes and, and say, maybe I might be bringing – another guy who another superstar who may fit better around my young guys and build from there who kind of fit that window i.e ai maybe a ben simmons i don't know i don't know i'm just i'm just throwing out names here um but but that that could be a potential thing that we see happen in there in portland but jay let's yeah. sorry sorry jay. <laughs> real, real quick jay. uh real, real quick you know uh, i i just want to add that you no know, i think it's it definitely it's just I know we just talked about the fact that it's devastating for his development, but I mean, like we know for these tanking teams, it's so important to just let your young players go out there and play. You know, I mean, I mean, we, we, we saw, mm -hmm. um, we seen this season really the emergence of Jordan Poole, right. And we saw in, in the, the you know, past couple of seasons, the Warriors haven't been the greatest team, but what have they did? They have just allowed Jordan Poole to go out there, make all the mistakes, go do what you can, go learn the game. And the best way to learn the game is to be out there playing. And that's exactly in them. That's exactly what the Warriors allowed him to do, right? Go make your mistakes. We're not, we're, we're not going to be a contending team. We're not making the, uh, the playoffs, but get you in there. And now look at the emergence. Now they got the Warriors are a top team in the West and you have a great contributor in Jordan Poole. And that's all because he was allowed while the team was bad to make these mistakes, to do, to, to, to learn about the game, man. So that that could have been Nazir. It could, it really could be, and uh, hopefully he still will be Nazir when he comes back from this uh, from this injury. But just to add, man, like just just hurtful for uh, both both parties, man, the Blazers and and, and Nazir. So facts, facts. No, head, it's head tough. scratcher. Yeah, it's tough that what you like you mentioned. Whenever whenever you have these guys, you get hit by the injury bug. I feel like it comes in waves, especially that you know you look at the Bulls, you look at the Blazers, you even look at the Lakers. You look at the Warriors, all these teams that 
you know, have have had some injury struggles, whether it be this past year or these past few years. So uh, it's tough being in that situation and what you do, especially when it's a young guy that goes down and how you move on as a franchise or continue to stick with those guys and build around them. So I know it's just Nazir Little, but we saw the flash there. That's why I wanted to ask you. But, Jay, let's talk about other stats, um, other things that I brought to your attention. Obviously, I'm going to let the listeners see what you got to uh, got to say about this. And this stat was from ESPN. So Russell Westbrook is shooting 43.8% from the field this season, Jay. And that's better than these players. And I'm going to read it off in order. Jason Tatum at 42.7%. LaMelo Ball at 42.4%. Paul George at 42.1%. Obviously, he's injured right now. James Harden at 42%. Stephen Wardell Curry at 41.6% and Damian Lillard at 4.2%, who's obviously injured right now. But Jay, that's some elite company and some big names right there, Jay. What do you got to <laughs> say to this? Russell Westbrook is shooting, who we notably said on his podcast, Russell Westbrook is shooting better than all of these dudes right here and some elite shooters right there. Is there any validity to this or any, any kind of bite or, or what are you feeling about this? I feel I feel like this numbers aren't black and white. I feel like all those players that you I feel like all those players that you listed, not only are they the guys on their team or they way more than the guys in Russell Westbrook is on the Lakers. So they -hmm. need to take more shots. All those guys that, uh, that you listed, they also they actually legitimately take a lot of mid-range jumpers you know so so that that, that could count for the um for, for for the field goal percentage and i think it's a lot harder to make a mid-range jumper than it is to be at the rim i think that russ westbrook he's just at the rim a lot more than all those guys so you know it's a little bit easier that's why the um the the the, the shooting percentages is, is is better there man but i i just think you know that's one of those uh chair you know i guess in a way, like cherry pick stats, right? They're just trying to, you know, I guess, give Russell some uh, some highlight because he's gotten so much bag and so much so much badness this season, man. I mean, all deservingly though, man, all deservingly. I just told you before we just hopped on, Jay. I was telling you, man, I'm just done with Russell Westbrook as a Lakers fan, as an NBA player, as just like it's just it's it's turnovers, Jay. It, it, it's 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 inefficiency, and and okay, and you know, I definitely hear the numbers as far as like you know he's better than Tatum and and um, all these other guys, but. I just think I just think that it's 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 bad, man. It's bad for Russell Westbrook right now. I'm glad he's shooting 43 percent. Good. You know, good for him. But uh, I think it's at coming in. It's like it's for 43 percent and like 43 turnovers as well. So <laughs> so it's just it's all over the board. But I mean, that's a, you know, some cool, cool uh, definitely cool numbers to hear. Maybe Russell Westbrook can hear that and get some confidence going, get uh, get something going, man, besides uh, besides what he's doing right now, because. It hasn't been working out. Yeah, no, absolutely. And I just wanted to get your take on that. And speaking of Russell Westbrook, obviously, February 10th, huge huge date because we got the NBA trade deadline coming out at 3 p.m. And speaking of that, we will be having a releasing the same night, um, a trade deadline special. And I'll be going out podcast only. So we'll be getting out that content so you can listen, hear our thoughts on the trade deadline. Just wanted to announce that. So stay tuned for that episode because we're coming with some fire on that. And we, we don't really know. There's a lot of GMs. You know, I've been reading. We've been reading up on this, John, and there's a lot of rumblings that there might be a lot of moves. There might not be any kind of movement in the trade deadline. But let's talk about Russell Westbrook since we're on that topic, man. And there's one name that's been kind of simultaneously mentioned with him. And that's out in Houston, man. And that's John Wall potentially being 
a, a, a trade partner. And my, my end, when I look at that, I see, you know, right now, John Wall is not playing. You look at, I, I think more it would be Houston doing LA a favor. Cause obviously John Wall's not the best shooter. He's only shooting about around 30% from the three point line last year, but he's a better shooter in my opinion than Russell Westbrook, Jay. But how, what do you think about that? If the, if you can make it work on both ends and both ends agree, what do you say about John Wall come, potentially coming over to the Lakers? Is he a better fit than Russell Westbrook? Cause in my opinion, he is, but how are you feeling about Absolutely. I mean, as a Lakers fan, I'm ecstatic. I'm like, please, let's do it. Like we do it today. Mm-hmm. Like I'm right, right. I'm, I'm, I'm right there, man. I, I would, I think that John Wall would be a way better fit than Russell Westbrook. Not only could he, uh, could he really play that traditional point guard and again, allow Bron to play a little bit more off ball, allow Bron to be able to run the lanes more and not have to have such, such of the, uh, such of the focus as a primary ball handler. Um, and turnovers less can shoot can shoot the ball a little a, a little bit better. Uh, so I definitely would would uh, would be happy as a Lakers fan. But I mean, as a Rockets fan, um, the reason they're sitting John Wall is because they want to development. They want the development of Josh Christopher, of Jalen Green, mm-hmm. of all these young guys. So like, as a Rockets like fan or as from a Rockets perspective, doesn't really make sense because you're not trying to play John Wall because you want to focus on the youth. Westbrook mm-hmm. isn't young. So, you know, you're just gonna, I just, you're just kind of trading like a bad apple for a bad apple, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. Um, not, not that John Wall going to the Lakers would be a bad apple, but taking John Wall out of Houston and bringing Russell Westbrook back to Houston um, from Houston side, I think doesn't really make sense to me, but um, I don't know. Maybe Houston is, is hoping to, uh, uh, hoping that they can flip Westbrook instead of maybe it'd be easier to flip Westbrook instead of John Wall. Both mm-hmm. are on horrendous contracts, so it would be it would be hard uh, both ways, man. So I mean, if Houston did that, they definitely you know you would see that the that Rob Palinka and the whoever the Houston GM is that they're they're clearly homies because that would be that'd be a huge yeah. that'd be a huge <laughs> that would be a big take that'd right be big, that'd be a huge favor for the that the Houston would do like take back Russell Westbrook and get a player like like John Wall and I think John Wall could could be a big contributor to the Lakers, can help out the Lakers a lot, man. So I think that you would clearly see that, uh, that their homies, <laughs> Houston and LA. Yeah, no, I get it. I think it's just a uh, clear, obvious, clear and obvious. You, you're accepting that the Lakers, but like you mentioned, Rockets, they're developing all those young guys. And it would have to be a situation where Russell Westbrook is comfortable coming in and understanding that you're not going to be starting. You're going to be coming off the bench. You're going to be in a much smaller role. And I don't really feel that Russell's willing to do that. We've seen that well, how he's playing in, in L.A. And he's kind of taking a step a foot off the gas. But I think that's just due to LeBron. But he's still trying to do his. He still wants a significant role. We saw what he said when he got benched by Frank Vogel and he wasn't really ups, upset with that. And we know we uh, OK with that. And we know the competitor Russ is. And I don't think he's going to be able to go to uh, the Rockets and to be almost kind of career on the trend downward trajectory of his career. Right. We don't really see he's not no other teams really going to be after his um, services after that if he goes to Houston. So his career might rot away there. And I don't think he's really ready to do that, Jay. So um, just wanted to get your thoughts on that, man. I have a quick mm-hmm. question about the, the, the trade deadline. You know, I, like, what's your prediction? Do you, do you predict that there's going to be a lot of trades or do you predict this is not really going to be a, as a, as many trades? Because, you know, you said some GMs think it's going to be a lot. Some really don't think it's going to be a lot of movement. What do you think? I, I think it's going to be kind of kind of silent. I think a lot of teams made their moves in the past offseason. 
with when you know we saw Miami make moves, we saw some other teams make some moves. Um, we saw that Lakers make a move to bring in Russell, um, and, and teams aren't going to really want him now. But I think it's going to be kind of quiet. I think a lot of teams are content. As obviously, Doro Morey's pretty content with Ben Simmons. I don't see them really making a move unless it really moves the needle with them. I think they're just going to hold tight and see what they can do in the offseason. And I think that's going to be similar to a lot of teams, especially now that Indiana, Indiana you look at Sabonis injured. We don't, we don't know the health of um, – if of Miles Turner, you know, we've seen that he's starting to get healthy. We've seen that he's starting to work out, but I, I don't really see a team, especially a contender making a move to bring him in when they don't really know what he's going to be, when he's going to be able to play, um, if he's going to be able to help them immediately. So I'm just kind of skeptical at this point um, that even a team like Portland um, is going to go full tank and give up a guy like CJ. Cause I don't think teams will even want to really make a move on a guy like Dame because he's not going to be able to play. So it just puts, it's kind of an uncomfortable and weird situation with all these injuries to potential big name trade pieces besides almost Ben Simmons, really, who's the only player who's not healthy, but just doesn't really want to play basketball right now. So my answer and long story short is no, I don't think really that much is going to happen um, in terms of trades and things like that around the deadline. I think it's going to be similarly quiet, maybe one kind of, Role player move, we could see a Dar- Dorian Finney-Smith, but who knows? I could be completely wrong, and we could there could be a um, a bunch of moves that go down. But right now, it's hard, really hard to say. So I'm gonna go on the safe no kind of side. Um, well, how are you feeling? You, you think no? I mean, honestly, yeah. I, I I'm I'm actually on the other side, Jay. I actually think that I. But here's my caveat. Pop, pop. Here's my caveat. Here's my caveat. If the Sixers do something. I think that it's just going to be a domino effect, and a lot of a lot of teams are going to start. Mm, and yeah. I really hope the Sixers do something, dog. Like I'm going to be so devastated if like we've spent so much time, you know, talking me and you, and like even bringing guests on and 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 other mm. podcasts and doing research on this whole Ben Simmons saga. And if nothing happens, I'm going to be so devastated. So I, here's my answer: if the if the, if the Daryl Morey is able to, uh, you know, kickstart something, and the Sixers are able to get something going, I think that other teams will. You know, will follow suit. That's usually what happens in the NBA. If one of them, if one of them uh, kicks it off, a lot of teams are, uh, follow suit, man. So I, I, I really want it to pop off. I, but I, everything, everything that you said though makes sense, and and you know can come to a conclusion as to why it wouldn't pop off, right? Like uh, the the big marquee names besides Ben Simmons. It's going to be very hard to move, whether it be contract, whether it be injuries, whether it be they, they don't want to take a gamble. Oh, rather it be that a young team is just playing well, right? You know, like a Cavs or a Grizzlies, like they could definitely get better. But you know, why why do that when you know you got this momentum going, you got you you got this chemistry going, and and all that, man. So I actually my caveat is if Ben Simmons goes, I think I think the rest of the league is gonna is, is gonna shake Domino and move effect, huh? exactly shake and okay. move. But if okay. not, then I think it's gonna be a, 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 a silent trade deadline, unfortunately. Yeah. But I want I the episode that's... to be fun. So yeah. <laughs> Yeah, no, we for sure, like we said, check with us back on February 10th, man. We'll be going in depth about what happens on on the trade deadline, man. Really looking forward to that, bro. So uh, enough about the trades. Let's talk some games, Jay. Let's get into our final segment here. And that's and and the big kind of news here, and I know you're talking about this game, and that was on Tuesday. We had uh, the TNT doubleheader, um, the first of that being the Brooklyn Nets versus the Los Angeles Lakers. And in that game, 
man, Mr. Anthony Davis returned in that one, Jay. Um, I know you, I know you got a lot to say about this. Um, and, and the way that I'm just real quick on my end, and this is really all I got to say about that game is just Anthony Davis is what will make the Lakers go, in my opinion. How far the way he's shooting the ball, that's going to be the effect that he has defensively as well. He needs to be better defensively for in order for this team to have any chance of being anything, um, in my opinion. And he, he has the ability. We, what I loved, what I saw with him, he had four or five blocks in that game. And he was able to take a lot of pressure off the, the perimeter guys and being able to them to get press up on the, the Brooklyn, um, Brooklyn guards, uh, namely, you know, James Harden, be able to get him and understand that they got that help behind him. They got a rim protector and AD. And that's what he wasn't doing in the beginning of the season and why they were struggling, man. And I'll read off the statistic um by that I that I read earlier and that's the the Lakers record with him um before and that was 14 and 14 um with 109 points per game and and a minus 1.8 um points per game differential um and, and that was with um James with 24 points per game and then without um AD they're also 10 and 10 but they scored four more points with minus 0.1 um, points per game differential and LeBron scoring 32 points per game. So it, it's just a matter of AD, in my opinion, you know, looking at the statistic now that it's been about average. I know you had mentioned Jay about AD coming back and that was going to change things. And it does. And I'm not saying I'm not debating that. The fact is it's how AD plays when he comes back. If he's the defensive monster and offensive savant that we know he can be scoring inside whenever he wants knocking down those mid-range shots and he's got to shoot the three-point um shot better because when I, I see right now when I look at that Lakers team Jay and I see Russell Westbrook brick on the floor shooting those trays bricking clogging up the lane that's what I see when I see Westbrook because his, his, we know his defender sagging off him. If they, they can do the same with uh, Anthony Davis when both of them are on the floor, that's a huge problem. So Anthony Davis has to, has to, must, must shoot the ball better, Jay, in order for this Lakers team to be successful. If not, we're gonna, they're going to be still just be a 500 team, first, second round exit, in my opinion. But Jay, talk to me about, uh, is that fair? Is that fair? You think, is that a fair assessment, Jay? hundred percent. I mean, we, we, we've been saying since the beginning of the season, like AD goes Lakers go like AD right. is the, like, a, here we go. I think LeBron is the most valuable player to the Lakers, right? He's the Absolutely. most important yeah. player to the Lakers, right? No but question. AD makes the team go because you need mm-hmm. to play on the defensive end. Like how you said, a, when AD is, 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 is turned up on, on, on the defensive end and, and, and blocking the, and uh, at the rim and holding down that paint, it, 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 it changes the Lakers as a team because you know, okay, well, I can press, like how you said, I could press up on these guards a lot more. And if I get smoked, if I get burnt by, I know I got AD back there, a, a great defensive player who can recover from a, just about almost anything, man. So I'm right there with you, Jay, you know, and, and when and we see all the time, like the Lakers have, and I've been saying this for, for since the beginning of the season started, Lakers have no problem scoring. Offense is don't worry about it. LeBron will score. Melo knows how to put the ball in the basket. Malik Monk knows what he's doing. Um, the, the the Lakers score. That's not a problem. The offense isn't a problem. But the problem is the, the buckets they give up on the on the defensive end. And and honestly, even even in this next game, you know, I even talk about it a little bit. Like even in the next game, like there was so many buckets that I'm like, bro, like 
you're getting back get into getting, it get into you're, it you're, you're getting you're getting you're getting back cutted you're like this is simple this is simple like you don't turn your back on the defender don't do that like it's just a simple mm-hmm. defensive stuff that, that that the lakers just don't really have down and i don't know it really seems like it is a domino effect when ad is out there dumb holding it down the lakers are just a great a great defensive team and the offense is going to flow naturally man but it, it, it's it, it, it's crazy jay man but i mean like like i said jay like, like let's let's talk about the game yeah ad's ad's first game back man i mean what first of all first of all before i even talk about ad and, and the lakers mm-hmm. and anything i just want to say like I, jay like i really cannot believe Kyrie irving didn't play like i get it this is a game in january okay whatever but in my opinion that's a big ass game like this is a big game this is a tnt double header uh, man like you you're you the lakers the, you know the marquee a huge franchise in the nba the nets and that's big three you know kd Kyrie, james Harden. i know kd wasn't out there but you know we, we can't blame kd you know he he didn't, he didn't choose mm-hmm. to sprain his 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 mcl but like Kyrie has a choice the man can get the vaccine and, and okay you know if, if for those of you guys out there that like you know, support his decision. Like, okay, it is what it is. Like, mm-hmm. I'm not, I'm, I'm not here to talk about social justice, but I'm here to talk about the fact that he's a professional athlete. This is what he gets paid to do. He gets paid to be out there mm-hmm. and perform. And he let his teammates down, man. He let his teammates down and wasn't out there. So I'll get into Kyrie a little bit more. How he just left James Harden alone out there to play. But, mm-hmm. um, but I just wanted to say that I just cannot believe that. But uh, to get into the game, right? So let's, so let's start early. I mean, you said it. I mean, the Lakers really felt like was just happy to have AD back and really felt his presence. Mm-hmm. The first couple of possessions the first possession was a lob second possession was a block then a mid-range pull-up so like mm-hmm. you, you see that versatility you see that he can kind of uh do it all uh uh do it all out there man but like i would like i was just talking about Kyrie was selfish and didn't wasn't out there and forced James Harden to play the entire first quarter right scored 16 points definitely did his thing and like what's crazy is like the only other nets to score in the first quarter Jay was LaMarcus Aldridge with three James Johnson with with two and Darion Sharp with with two James Harden scored every other point every other he scored 16 other 25 points which is really like insane when you really think about it because the Lakers knew it was going to happen. The Lakers were loading up on, on defensive end. And again, I told you about that defensive problem, you know, who's getting the ball, you know, who is going to, and you're still, and you're still getting scored on. It's still happening. I get it. James Harden is a, offensive god out there so i, I but i i would hope that 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 that, that the, that's the defense that lakers could uh could work on a, a, a little bit and then you know uh here and then in the, the the second quarter came and like i mentioned since james harden had to play all 12 minutes in that first quarter and really kind of do a little bit of everything i mean he's he's not god he needed a break out there man so second quarter came around they, they took him out and that's when the lakers really really took control of this game man and one thing that i, I kind of really wanted to highlight and Again, like I don't know, I know I know you'll get this, Jay, because like I know you like you real hoop head, you really all about hoop. But like for the for, for for the casuals out there, for the fans that you know that just is not watching every game and all that, like mm-hmm. I don't know if they, if they will necessarily understand this. But in the second quarter, what I really saw, Jay, was like the the, the vets on the Lakers, right? LeBron, AD, and Melo, really being able to abuse and like over experience these young guys, right. These, mm-hmm. Like, like uh, Ke- uh, Kessler Edwards and, and Darion Sharp and, and all these players yeah. that, that, that the Nets have, the Lakers were, were just simply able to like Melo got to the line. So many times LeBron got to the file line five times in that first, in, in that second quarter, because simply like they know the game, they know how to play the game. They know what's going to definitely get them a foul every single time. And that's just that, you know, uh, uh, that's just, that's just being vets. So the Lakers were able to do that 
Why? Because James Harden was not out there. Again, I don't really care about Kyrie's social justice, whatever he's putting up, but I blame that on Kyrie Irving. You know, if Kyrie Irving was out there, he would have, that's a veteran guy. That's a guy who not only is a championship, uh, championship player, but he's played with LeBron. He knows these little tricks. He's known the ins and outs of the game. And he would have been out, he would have been able to out there helping these, um, these young guys, but unfortunately, you know, couldn't be out there. And then also, you no know, sec, a big reason that the Lakers were able to take over in that second, in that second quarter was Malik Monk scoring 11 points in the, in, in the, in the second quarter. And then it came halftime, Jay, and then that's when, and that's when old Goat James, oh my Goat James, took over in the third quarter. Man, had a twelve point third quarter, but that's not even really what I want to highlight. I want to highlight the 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 defensive intensity from Bron in that third man. I mean, of course, you know, uh, uh, we saw those two steals. Uh, he got those uh, two steals back to back, and then and that dunk. And then, as a matter of fact, we we have a reel of that on our Instagram. So go check that out. <laughs> a little quick plug for our Instagram. So check that out. Nice. Uh, and then and then, um, but I mean, not even just that, man. I mean, we. Saw LeBron playing the de- uh, playing the five, uh, playing great defense on Lamarcus Aldridge, and in the third quarter, holding him to zero points, and really just being able to be that uh, that good defensive presence. So I definitely just wanted to give a huge uh, shout out to Bron, and then you know just overall, um, just uh, I mean, and then after that third quarter, the Lakers were able to keep control of the game. But just overall, real quick, Jay, you know I want to mention like you know shout out Bron, uh, definitely a dominant game, thirty three points, six assists, uh, three steals, a six seven percent from the field. But because, and I, I mean, some people may hate me for the, the Kyrie lovers may hate me for this, but because Kyrie Irving, in my opinion, is so damn selfish and won't get a vaccine that and he, he chose to play and he talked to James Harden, talked to KD about playing together, but won't get a damn vaccine for whatever reasons he's speaking up for the people that are voiceless, whatever it is, he forced James Harden to play 38 minutes. And James Harden did his thing. He did his thing. 33 points, 11 assists, 12 rebounds. But, I mean, as we know, Jay, like, in today's NBA, just the one-man teams just don't work anymore. It's just it's just not mm-hmm. possible. You need, to, you need you know, at least a second or third guy out there to even be able to com- compete. Also, the Nets' 18 turnovers didn't really help. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then while we're on the topic of turnovers, and we, you know, we talked about Russell Westbrook earlier, uh, again, I really hope Rob Polinka is an avid listener because I hope Rob Polinka takes this and does something about it. But the Lakers had eight turnovers in the entire game. Do you know how many Russell Westbrook had? Five. Five. Mm-hmm. That is more than damn half, Jay. Like, it's, yeah. again, ridiculous. I was talking about the turnovers, the inefficiency. Is it, I'm through. I'm just through with Westbrook, but... You know, overall, good game, good dominant game by the Lakers, but can't put too much stock into it because, you know, Kevin Durant, their best player, wasn't out there, and uh, and Kyrie Irving. Um, don't know if Kyrie Irving will get out there because whatever he's doing. But, uh, but you know, KD not being out there, so you definitely can't, you know, put too much stock into the game, but definitely good uh, to get to see uh, AD back there and the Lakers really, uh, really rolling, man. So I just, again, I always say it when I talk about the Lakers, I want to see it the next game. We got them, we got them in a couple of actually in a couple of minutes here. They're gonna play the 76 or so. We'll see. Uh we'll see if the consistent consistency is there, Jay. But I mean, that's what I saw from the game. Very long-winded, but uh, I hope that was a cool little game recap. No, no, for sure. I think you broke it down very nicely. And I mean, in that game, yeah, like you want to say, like, like you said for the Lakers has always been consistent as he can, they put it together. You know, they had a great big game defensively. Anytime you can get 12 students to the, to the Brooklyn Nets five. I mean, that's a huge, huge thing. And leading to that, you know, you had forced them to have 18 turnovers and we all saw that they've been struggling defensively all season and they were just able to take that game over in the third quarter. Like you said, and what sticks out to me, like you said, that 
reel of LeBron getting back-to-back um, steals on that, leading to fab, uh, fast break dunks for himself. That just really brings out, that just feeds energy into the team. And that, that just rubs off onto the rest of the guys. And they're just able to capitalize that and take out kind of the energy out of the building. I mean, we saw Junior kind of jokingly text us in the, the group chat saying that, you know, that game it was half, more than half kind of Bar- uh, Barkley Center was filled with Lakers fans. And I feel like that's a lot of Lakers games, but specifically for some reason in Barkley Center, I feel like they never really have, you know, full on Nets fans. There's always fans coming to see the other team play, which is unfortunate. And we kind of saw James Harden kind of speak on that and his frustrations about not only Brooklyn and kind of James Harden, or sorry, Kyrie being out, which is unfortunate. And we might be seeing him linked to, he, he voiced his ex, uh, frustration with Steve Nash as well, man. I don't think that's a good look um, for, for the Nets at all, because I thought, you know why James came, James Harden came here. He thought he was going to be the talk of the town. He thought the Nets would be showtime there in, in Brooklyn. And it's kind of the opposite. We know that the Knicks run New York and they don't get really love like that in the Barkley Center um, when, when they come out there. So uh, I'm fortunate for Harden. Unfortunately for the Nets, just having all their stars out besides Harden out right now. And it's uh, going to be tough, tough uphill battle with all those guys, especially with Kyrie only being playing, able to play half the games right now. So uh, let's see if they can, they're able to weather the storm, man. But I'll talk about the game that I have to talk about, and that's the Golden State Warriors with their 130-92 win against the Dallas Mavericks. Just dominant. a dominant win, dominant, dominant win by the Lakers. Sorry, by the Warriors, <laughs> excuse me. Winning every quarter in that game. Um, saw, saw it was a closer game in the first half. Um <clears throat> A lot of a lot of moves being made, a lot of plays being made by the guys. And and you look at kind of the box score for the for the Warriors and it was a very balanced attack. You know, we saw Andrew Wiggins in double figures. You saw um, we saw Otto Porter Jr. in double figures. We saw Clay Thompson in double figures. We saw Steph, who, you know, those two guys you kind of expect as well as Wiggins is now being in double figures. We saw Jordan Poole kind of who's been playing better basketball as of late with 17 points in this one. And then we saw um, effort from Bielitsa off the bench as well. And then that man, Jonathan Kaminga, mm-hmm. with 22 mm-hmm. pence points off the bench in 17 minutes, just a dominant game from the rookie here. Loved what I was seeing with, from him on both sides of the floor, his decision-making. That was something that I've really been harping on. Will he make better decisions? Is he going to take what the defense gives him? Is he going to force up those threes and those tough layups? And that was opposite of what he was doing today. He was taking it strong if he's taken to the rim. Eight for nine, 88% um, from the rook. Four for four from the three-point line. Two for two from the from the free throw line where he's been struggling, obviously. And it looks like he's been in the gym. Only only a two-shot two sample size, but that's still huge, especially for his confidence moving forward. And I look at Kaminga to be maybe not in the, the playoffs, but right now with Draymond Green, I think they're really going to rely on him, um, especially moving forward to, to, to pay, play some significant minutes for the Warriors. Um, and he's been doing a great job of that. We also saw Damian Lee put in a, a good performance for them. Flip it over to, to what we saw from the Mavericks. Opposite. Um, we saw only three three players for the, for the Mavericks in double figures. 
obviously led by Luka Doncic, who was a minus 19 in this game. And, and, and honestly, Jay, when I was watching this game, it, I, there was at times where it was kind of a disappearing act from, from Luka. I mean, a lot of it was due to the score, and he sat out the whole fourth quarter just due to the score just being a complete blowout. But, I mean, he didn't affect the game um, in, in the way that he wanted to and how, that he's been doing as of late. Um, obviously, Tim Hardaway Jr. went down in that game um, with, with a foot injury, and that was a huge loss for them because we know what the weapon he can be offensively for them. And then Jalen Brunson obviously threw, threw in 11 for them, but just a, just a poor, piss poor kind of night for them offensively for, for the um, – for the Mavericks and, and the way that they shot it, man. And, and you looked at a box score and the game chart to the team. Um, the biggest lead was 39 for, for the Warriors and seven and, uh, and for, for the Mavericks. And a lot of that was in the first half, just a dominant game, man. The Warriors shooting 53% in this one and to the Mavericks 35%. And just where we saw kind of the old kind of Warriors, um, they were limiting turnovers to 14 to the Mavericks 11, which is good for the Warriors. A lot of teams pride themselves on getting a lot of assists. But with that playmaking and creativity, you're going to obviously turn over the ball a lot. But they were able to eliminate that and and, uh, and 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 mitigate those turnovers, which was a huge for them. And, but when I look at this Warriors team, Jay, and I'm not going to go too much on more about the game because it was, it was pretty much a blowout, man. I look at this roster. I'm going to talk about the Warriors because that's just what I'm going to do, Jay. And I look at this team, Jay, and Steph was 17 for 7 for 16 uh, with, with, with 18 points in this one. Um, he was able to affect the games in other ways with seven assists, nine rebounds, one steal. But let me talk about Stephen Curry, Jay, for a little bit, man. He, we've seen what he's been doing. He's in a huge slump, a historic slump. Um, he, he's actually – for the month of January, if he keeps on the up on this pace, and I think it's going to be a lot to change it, he's going to be shooting the lowest percentage that he has throughout his whole career wow. in a month, throughout his whole career, under 40%, Jay. And I look at this team and I say, for all the success that they've had, especially we don't know what the health of Draymond is right now, I think for this team to make any noise in the playoffs and to be a serious title contender, as I think they are right now, Jay, um, up there with Phoenix. Honestly, Phoenix is a better basketball team right now. I'll say Phoenix is the best team in the league, in my opinion. But for Seven Curry, they got to have him playing at a higher level, Jay. And that is just what I'm saying. Like, the question I have for you, Jay, is do you think that the Warriors can be a serious title contender with all these other pieces doing what they're doing? You know, the depth, we've seen the Wiggins, we've seen all these guys, Otto Porter Jr., these guys step out. And obviously, they, in my opinion, for a fact, they need Draymond Green out there which he isn't right now. Do you think they can win with Stephen Curry playing the way, okay, not the way shooting kind of 40%. Do you think they, they can win with that version of Stephen Curry? Man, I mean, that's, that, that, that's really tough because, okay, I mean, okay, let me answer the question. So Draymond Green, 100%, he needs to be out yeah, there. Yeah, he's man. healthy. I think, <laughs> he yeah, needs yeah. to be out there, right? Like that, yeah. like if he's not out there, that kind of like ruins a lot. But, mm-hmm. um, but, but yeah, the, 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 the thing that's tough is like, Yes, Stephen Curry is not shooting, has, has been having a historic slump. And yeah, this game shot two for 10, 20%, whatever. But the thing is that like, it's, you still got to get out there. You know what I'm saying? So like that, that, and that still is a, and that still is a threat to the defense. So like, 
I, I, you know, I, I definitely, it, it, I would feel a lot more confident saying, yes, you know, the Warriors are, 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 are a huge title contender if Steph Curry is hitting like, you know, 50% or 40% or, or, or whatever. But like with, with the way he's, with the, with, with the way he's been playing, it just, it, it makes it tough, but I think their team is so insanely deep with, with, with having Clay, Clay Thompson can step up and be that Stephen Curry role and do that exact same Stephen Curry role. Maybe not, you know, to bring the ball down court and shimmy shimmy clay thompson is more kind of runoff screens and yeah and and and, and hit you know and hit but and he's not a, he doesn't got as much shimmy as stephen curry but i think that i mean like I, man I, i'm having a hard time answering this jay but i think i'm gonna go yes i'm gonna go yes just because for real wow. you have to you have wow. to still respect it you have to still respect it and at least the respect at least you going out there and being out there it it it, it it at least keeps the defense on their on, on on their toes i mean one thing i always say about ben simmons is like Okay, not everyone needs to be Stephen Curry, mm-hmm. but you at least got to keep the defense guessing. You know what I'm saying? Right, you can't, right. you, you can't just, you can't allow the defense to just like you're out there and they just turn around and wait for the rebound. Like that, that, that that's that's not the case. But even Steph Curry shooting this way, you cannot do that. You cannot just turn around and go the other way. You have to go out there. So I'm gonna, I'm gonna go with, I'm gonna go with yes. But another reason I want to go with yes is because I, I'm, I'm, he's just the greatest shooter of all time. Like. Do we really think he's going to stay in this for too long? I don't think he's going to stay in this for too long. You know what I'm saying? What do you think? What do you think? Jay, I hear that. And you make a valued argument. But, Jay, here's here's why I say no. I say no because despite that all – we know – and the playoffs, like despite that all all the role players are doing right now, they're playing great basketball. We're seeing Jordan Poole step up. We're seeing Gary Payton. We're seeing all these guys step up. But we know when the playoffs get when the, the game gets tighter, you don't, you're not getting enough space. You, the defense is is getting tighter. The defense is better. Shot, good shots and good looks are harder to come by. And you need a star. You need your guy to be able to have a 32 point night against the Houston uh, in game six, man. You need that kind of Stephen Curry in a closeout game to be able to go, uh, hey, no one, no, all our role players are off on the road. We're in Phoenix. It's game seven. It's game six. It's looking like it's going to be game seven in Phoenix if it, it if it goes the way it is right now because not saying, not, not that I know that that series is going to go seven if it's them in the Western Conference Finals, but it just looks like Phoenix is going to have home court advantage. I'm um, just looking the way Things may shake out. I know it's a half a season left, but I just know that you need a guy. You need your your stars to get the bucket, Jay. And right now, I just don't know. It, I, it, with Stephen Curry, the way he is right now, where there's shot mechanics, mental, I don't know what it is, why he's in a slump, but I don't think they can win without Stephen Curry being the Stephen Curry that we know, or at least a better version of the one we're seeing right now. Um, because we know what the role players, what happens to the role players in the playoffs and down the stretch, and if you can really rely on them, that's why I say no. While I, I while I agree, while I agree with that, Jay, like that that is true. You know, um, uh, come 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 playoffs, I definitely think that like you know uh, like uh, JTA, maybe Kaminga, maybe Damian uh, Damian Lee, that their their minutes are definitely going to get cut a little bit shorter, and they're not going to have as much run out there. And I agree with that. And I agree with that. And I agree with like, you know, you in, in that time, you really need your star players, you know, like Curry to have a big game pop off and really be there. But I trust Clay. I trust Clay. I trust Clay. If Curry's having a bad game, I trust Clay to be able to step up as that guy and say, all right, well, shit, if Curry's not going to be hidden, then it's, it, it's on me, man. So I, I'll be real. Like, I really trust Clay as that after one. After two years? After, after two one, years? For real? 
Yeah, Jay, absolutely. Jay, I, I, Jay, I, I, Jay, I, I hear that, but I want to trust him. But I, I just think it's a lot of weight to put on him coming back after all this time. And I know it'll be it'll be a longer period of time, um, and he'll have more time to adjust by the time you know April, June, uh, May, when when that comes around, he'll be more have more basketball and his legs hopefully better under him by then. But Jay, I just I see Clay Thompson. I, I get that. But then I look at Jordan Poole, no playoff experience. Andrew Wiggins, first round exit experience. Um, and then you look out on the rest of the roster, all, pretty much none of them have playoff experience um, besides Andrew Wiggins. So, and, and Draymond Green, obviously, but you don't rely on him offensively besides obviously he's the orchestrator of that offense. Um, so I just, I'm just skeptical, Jay. I, I'm glad you believe, I want to believe, but I'm just, I'm just got my thinking cap on here and I'm just a little skeptical to see if they can win without Steph playing at a high level, man. But most of all, Jay, 100%, 100%. And, and, and realistically, maybe you have the correct lens on, you have the reality lens on, but I'll be real with you, Jay. I just, I'm really, I am just really, like, don't think Stephen Curry is going to stay in a slump. No, I don't. I don't you know what I'm saying? Like, come play. Yeah, like, yeah. I think I, yeah. come playoffs, like, he will be out of this slump and he will be back to Stephen Curry that we know and mm-hmm. and, and, and love, you know? So, yeah. I, I, I'm, I'm, I really just cannot i won't put my money on steph curry staying in a slump like this and if he's not man then shit <laughs> who knows who warriors might have home court advantage yeah. against the suns yeah oh yeah yeah no to to, to keep just, just real quick yeah i don't think he'll stay in the slump i'm just saying you're just my saying question if was, he's in a slump if, if okay. he's sta- if he's in a slump yeah gotcha. yeah to, right, to gotcha. clear it up yeah yeah i know you you wanted to to add on to our change on yeah no i mean i was just I, I was just i was just gonna say that i was just gonna say i, re- I really don't don't uh don't see uh yeah don't, i was just gonna say exactly that i don't see curry staying in that slump but if the question is if he's in that slump yes absolutely that uh it makes it a lot harder but uh but I, i'm i'm a believer jay i'm i'm a believer in clay clay day <laughs> I'm, I'm a believer he could do it man <laughs> just like dre day i believe i'm a believer in clay day i think he could do it man and i think he could definitely step up as that guy definitely a lot of uh, uh pressure to put on him but Man, um, he he is proven it time after time after time, and right. until he shows me that he's until he shows me that he's not gonna do it, mm-hmm. and then, then I'll stop believing. But if from what we see of him, he's an efficient shooter, takes t- takes and makes shots, and that's exactly yeah. what you need come playoffs, man. And and as long as Steph Curry can get the ball to him, get the because uh, you just need somebody to get the ball to him, and Curry can do can, can even if he's in a shooting slump, he can do that. And I, I, I will, I will trust Clay Thompson and to, to be that guy, be that number one guy, which is sounds crazy to say, cause Curry's on that team. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, no, I definitely, I definitely agree with that, Jay. All right, cool, man. All right, Jay. Well, man, we covered a lot in this in takes episode, Jay. We talked about some news. We talked about uh, our upcoming uh, trade deadline episode. We got, we covered these, this uh, TNT double header, man. We talked about some, some scenarios, Jay. We covered a lot, man. So I, I think it's a good place mm-hmm. for us to go ahead and, uh, and wrap it up here, Jay. Another great episode, my brother, man. Do you, you got any last words you want to say uh, before we find out the all-star starters, Jay, in five minutes, Jay? Five minutes. Yeah, five minutes. Five minutes. No, no, I don't got nothing to say, man, besides follow us on YouTube, um, follow us on Instagram. So, excuse me, subscribe to us on Instagram. Um, follow us on Twitter, man. Get on us at Clutch Talk Pod on Instagram and Twitter. Um, C-L-U-T-C-H 
uh, talk t-a-l-k-p-o-d um and then and then subscribe to us on youtube man get out of us debate with us um comments questions concerns anything you want us to talk about um get at us and then like i said just remember february 10th is the date for our trade line deadline um show we will have that out the same night to get our thoughts feelings and, and kind of just debate and we'll have a guest on for that as well so yeah man that's all i gotta say jay yes sir jay i mean i ain't got nothing else to say man if that's it then we out of here, y'all. Clutch Talk out. Peace.